right. Thank you, John Bertan. Appreciate the, uh, the good beats there. Good stuff. Uh, today is, is, what do you have? September 30th. It's about 9 p.m. It's a Saturday night. Uh, we're talking about the Chicago Marathon. It, welcome to the uh, 45th episode of Above the Fog. Chicago Marathon is about a week from today. It starts Sunday, October 8th at 6.30 in the morning. Um, but there's quite a few um, parts to that start. Uh, the very first start is the wheelchair. starts at 7.20. I think there's, uh, I think, so scratch that 6.30. That was probably from a previous template. Looks like I start, or the, uh, the people, the elites, and the... Uh, Wave A and B start around 7.30 a.m., October 8th on Sunday. Uh, and that's in Grant Park. Grant Park is on the, I have to pull up a map. It's downtown Chicago. The race director is Carrie Pinkowski. Seems like an animated guy. I couldn't figure out the, um, the uh, management of the race, but we have Bank of America as a sponsor. We have TCS as the mobile app for tracking athletes if they have a phone and tracking where they are. And this is a Abbott's World Major, so it's one of the six. It's a big one. The Expo is at um, the Lakeside Center, uh, and that's 2301 South Martin Luther King Drive. That's where we get our numbers, and that's close to Grant Park also. It's all, it's all very close. Website, chicagomarathon.com. I paid as someone who qualified $243, which is actually uh, low compared to the to New York. I think New York's about $280. Boston's up there now too. Boston just raised their prices. Um, I don't know, but it's it's less. It Boston is more than $243. Um, lots of waves and fields that start. Uh, I start at gate four. I'm not sure what this means, but my my t my tag says Ida B. Wells. It's uh, probably an identification for where gate four is. Um, if you're an elite, we got $460,000 spread across five places for the men and women. First place is $75,000 all the way to fifth place, which is $25,000. The first race on the website says 1977. However, I did a little Wikipedia, and there was a Chicago Marathon that did take place in 1905, um, following some sort of Olympics or something. Uh, so the the marathon today started 1977, um, and I'm sure it was a different course back in 1905. So that's that follows kind of the New York. Um, time frame. I think New York is 1972. We have, let's see, who's the world record, or the record holder is Dennis, Dennis Kimeto at 203.45 in 2013. Uh, Catherine Nedereba in 2001 did a 218.47. Uh, and there have been five world records in the marathon set. Uh, we have 1984, Steve Jones, 1999, some other guy, Khalid, and uh, 
Yeah, I got Andrew Melton here, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the uh, my training and the uh, the lead up to the um, Chicago Marathon. Andrew. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, you know, thinking about what just happened in Berlin and that woman's record falling. You think that 218 is going to go down this year in Chicago? I think, yeah, I think for sure. And I think it's I think it's probably the shoes. Um the I think it was the Adidas shoes at Berlin were the uh were the the key there. They're like these super lightweight shoes and they're I I, I want to give it to the runner also, but cuz you know, but uh I, I think the shoes do help. <clears throat> Yeah, I was trying to look up her time. I think it was uh, 2.11.53. Berlin world record. We got, uh, let's see here. Berlin. Yeah, that that's a yeah, huge drop. Yeah, 2.11.53. Yeah. Do you know her name, Andrew? It is, um, I'm probably going to mess this up, but it looks like uh, Tigist uh, Asefa. Yep, she's from Ethiopia. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, that's incredible. That's so fast. <laughs> yeah, and and is she? Let's see, because I I Wikipedia these names, and usually you can see their like previous results. Uh, here's her wiki right here. I'll share with you. We can. All right. She's a 107 half. Wow, that that's interesting. That's not <laughs> that's slower than the marathon. It's slower, yeah. But uh yeah, she has a 30 almost well about a 31 minute 10k. It's pretty impressive. How old is she? Let's see. Got uh I think I heard born, she's This is one of her first, I think. Born 1996, so she's wow. like 20, 28 years old, 27 years old. That's when I graduated high school, so that makes me feel pretty old. Yeah. Well, it's uh, I I wonder if if she'll be at Chicago. Wonder. I think I think Kipchoge will be at Chicago. I think I saw that. Oh, is that right? I I'm not a hundred percent. Let me see, Kipchoge. I mean, seventy-five thousand dollars, right? Elites, uh, Chicago Marathon. Here we go. Press release. So I do have a gripe for the whole world to listen to. These websites are terrible. Like Boston's pretty pretty bad. New York is awful. I mean, I'm sure they spend like a million dollars for whoever puts together these websites. The registration is really a separate thing than the website, and then there's all the press, and like it's just really hard to navigate. So I want to see the elites, right? For um, yeah, how do we see who's running? Uh, runners, spectators. Let's see. I should probably be in elites here. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. There's not any. Yeah. Um. Boston's much no. better at this. Yeah, they they tell you like the top hundred elites, which is kind of great. Which is great for the um, 
spectators if you live in the area right and you're, you're like oh who's who's going to be running by you might mm-hmm. want to see like a world-class athlete and know who who that is i'm sure we can find it here i just have why don't you touched. scroll down a little bit further i think it's right there professional field updates okay professional there it is yep yeah all right oh i've heard of a uh, career leonard career oh we have kinde atana from Ethiopia, 203.51. Wow. I don't see Kipchoge on here, so it doesn't mm-hmm. look like he's he's on here. And I thought, I guess Berlin is the 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 race that they usually set records on now. Yes, yeah, it's it's too soon after Berlin to run Chicago for them, right? Because it's only a couple of weeks, or yeah. maybe three weeks in between. Yeah, I think so. All right, so um, I don't know anything about Chicago. Have you been to Chicago, Andrew? I fly into Chicago all the time because we have a lot of family in Iowa. So okay, um, I'm excited to hopefully run Chicago next year, assuming my qualifying time gets me in there. Unlike Boston. <laughs> <laughs> So you're uh, qualifying from CIM. No, Santa Rosa. Should, oh, from Santa Rosa. Yeah. Should be good for Chicago, right? So It should be, unless, I mean, who knows what's going to happen, right? Yeah, I, I think the, the standards depend on the applicants. So if you have, mm-hmm. like, 5,000 more applicants, you have to start uh, dec- declining the... Uh, Oh, this is good. Look at this. I'm looking at the weather. It's 55 degrees, uh, October 8th. High, 45 low, mostly sunny. Um, oh, that's great. I I did talk to my dad, who's in Iowa right now tonight, and he said it's going to be warm the next few days, and then it's going to get chilly. And that's kind of what it looks like. It's going to be in the 80s, but next weekend, you know, the high is going to be in the 50s, which is perfect. Yeah, it looks really good. I'm yeah, pretty excited. Should uh, and and I like this course. Well, it's flat. I don't know if I like it because it's flat, but I like that it's a loop course. I like mm-hmm. the um, I like the idea of returning to where you start versus the point because the point to point adds so much logistics to it. Boston's fun to race, but it's it's really a, a haul to take you know hundreds of buses and 30,000 people to a start line yeah and and that's part of the experience and it's great but it's it's just a lot more it's a lot of extra uh new york is awful with staten island and the ferries and new york is just terribly uh organized on the uh getting the people to the starting point because you take the staten island ferry and then you have to take a bus three miles and then um, here I am complaining about the New York race. But, uh, yeah, so um, I guess I should – should should I uh, should I make a – you know how people do like a three three goals for, for a race? Yeah, let's do it. I want to hear about those. I want to hear about your training leading up to it. Yeah, let's, let's, do, let's do the training. Let's do the training because okay. I – so I have this piece of paper in my bedroom. Um, it's just an eight and a half by 11. 
It's as simple as you can get. It's the, I've done this for CIM. I've done this for like really every marathon. I have a, I take a photo of it when I'm done. But all I do is I tape this piece of paper on the wall and it's each week just with like pencil marks. It's all with pencil. I do my weight each morning. I do the number of push-ups, which is usually like 30 push-ups, which I don't like doing push-ups, but I'm trying to do little little core, little upper body. And that also involves some stretching, but I, I, I track that so I see how much I'm doing. And then like the total mileage. So there's a box. And in each box on the lower right-hand corner is my weight. Lower left-hand corner is the number of push-ups. So like if I'm not doing it for more than two or three days, then I'm like, okay, I got to start doing that. Doing the, uh, it's kind of like planking a little bit and the push-ups, but it's like just telling myself, okay, I need to do that. It's the extra stuff that I don't like doing. Yeah. And then, and then there's the number, and the number is the number of miles for the day. And being like super OCD, I don't allow fractions of miles. So if I run 7.8 or 7.9, I have to put seven. So then you, I find myself doing. <laughs> doing these tenths of a mile so i have like eight five six all whole numbers it makes it much easier to add up and like also keeps me honest because i and i don't include walking so if i walk the dog or do a hike or do any other things i don't include that because i used to and i figured oh i'm just cheating myself because i was like so if to get to i had a, a week that was 58 to get to 58 in the past or get to the 50s i would walk the dog in the morning well, maybe walk the dog maybe maybe take the kids to the bus stop or something count that i was like <laughs> i was like fudging it so i was adding like a, a mile and a half two miles and at, at work i would walk this one mile loop at lunch which i could do in like 16 minutes because it's all flat it's pretty fast just do like a quick that's not it's i think it's good to stretch the legs and walk but it's not running so i i don't include that on my training log anymore i used to i used to i was even including it on my strava it's kind of dishonest to myself um so i had like i was kind of ramping up i was like i don't know i've always been running like 25 30 miles and then i was 40 something but I've had three weeks that are almost well. One that was you know, 58, and then one that was I, I don't know exactly, but I, I had three weeks in the 50s. Maybe one was like 48, but very close. That's mm -hmm. right where I, that's like the sweet spot for me, because I can't keep doing that because I just get so tired, I'm just so wiped out. Um, so last week was the last longish longer week i did a 16 mile long run um with some some speed on that i added mm -hmm. like uh i did like a really long warm-up because i'm worried about pulling a hamstring or something um mm -hmm. but now i'm like i'm so worried because <clears throat> you know you're second guessing yourself so i'm like well i should have done an 18 or or a 19 but I think I'm fine. I got the miles there. Uh, the weight's right where I want to be. I'm at 169, 170. Yeah, I'm, everything's everything's there. As long as I don't get sick and I don't go out too fast, everything should be good race.
Well, you, you, I mean, you have a lot of experience. You've done a lot of previous marathons. And I, I think that counts for a lot as far as the training goes. You know, if you haven't done a marathon before, it's probably better to do a little more in terms of the mileage because you don't know how your body is going to react on the course. And, you know, there's the mental component of can you really run hard for that long? But having done the previous marathons, you know, you you kind of have that built in already, right? Do you, do you, do you think about that, about your experience at that distance and, and the kind of training you need to do to, to prepare? Yeah, I think there's different philosophies on like, like there's pretty standard plan. It works you up to 20 miles as your long run. And, and part of it, there's like this, it depends on where, where you're at. So if you're, if you just want to complete a marathon, that's a really good plan to say i can complete 20 miles i did that you know two three weeks ago and now i'm gonna complete the marathon which is cool and then there's like i'm a average age runner age group runner which my like people at work would be like they think i'm fast but then like i look at just in my running club there's super fast people and then when you go above that there's like elites and stuff so I'm trying to just, you know, do better than I've done in the past. And I can't just do run a 20 mile run is I could run 20 miles slow, but what's the value of running 20 miles hard? Because it's, it's almost like running a marathon. You're running for, you know, 45 more minutes. You're at, you're there, you're done. So that's what I, I mean. And yeah. <laughs> and and you've already shown that you can do that, right? You're you, yeah. you have the confidence you that you know your body can do it, right? I know I can do it. I just don't know how fast I can do it. And I think that's yeah. and and I'm trying to do it as fast as I can. So what's the smartest way? Uh I know John Bertan would be like, you know, even splits, but I, I think there is a little bit, like there's a little bit of um room between each mile like if you can be within 15 seconds so yeah you should start out ease into it you shouldn't go out hard and fast so if i was like seven or 655 seven seven would be great i could do that if i could hold back which i probably won't i'll try to um ease into it so then if i if I ease, if I do five miles as my warm up, this is what I'm telling myself: do five miles as my warm up, then I just have a 21 mile tempo, uh, mm-hmm. and I look at like each 10k as like a a milestone. So it's like, okay, I got this 10k. Now I break it into a 5k, and yeah, that's that's my that's how I. How did you did you break up um, Santa Rosa when you when you did that? No, I mean, I mean that was my first marathon. I really raced you know, or I felt like I had trained enough where I knew what I was doing and I still felt unprepared. So I tried to take the mental component out of it and just run with the pace group <laughs> because I wasn't sure what to do. And I think the pace group looked like it was running even splits the whole way. But 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 I'm curious. So so you're saying you're going to run like your so you, so your plan is then to run seven minute miles to do a warm up like for six five 50, miles. 650 to seven. Because and, even and today, faster. yeah, I did. I did today. Okay. I did a mile. So I did eight mm-hmm. miles with uh, my friend Brad 
Brad O'Brien. Hey, Brad, if you're listening. Tim, Tim Wallen. Mm-hmm. Hey, Tim. So Brad and Tim, we read did eight miles easy out of Rush Creek in Nevada. Mm-hmm. Super easy, conversational. But uh, I was so what got I'm so paranoid. I'm like, I'm sweating a lot. Why am I sweating? I just ran eight miles. Why am I sweating so much? You know, it was like humid. It was right before it rained today, right? It's humid. Yeah. yeah. And and my heart rate was like 130. So like I wasn't. It was everything's fine. But but like in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm not ready. I I worked way too hard for this eight mile workout today. So yeah. it's like, geez, Andy, just relax, man. Chill out. I'm even telling myself this, but I can't because I'm so like, did I train hard enough? Because this eight miles seemed kind of hard. And then, and then, uh, Chad, hey, Chad, if you're listening, Chad texts me. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go do like four miles. Uh, you know, I'm going to run by your house if you want to join. It's like, cool. So I was like, yeah, I should do some more. I probably <laughs> need to do some more. This is, and this is like five, six hours like later. So I like mm-hmm. jump in with Chad and like, you know, we're just totally conversational, totally easy. And then we're on old Lucas Valley, which is like right near both of our houses. And uh, yep. I was like, hey, Chad, I want to do something fun. This is this is in my mind. I'm like, And he's like, what, what are you talking about? I was like, hey, do you want to do like a tempo mile together? You could, we could, I could just go out. We I, have, I even have it marked. There's markers on the quarter, the quarter mile. This is how how uh nuts i am so mm-hmm. i we start we started at the bottom of lucas valley and i it was good i did like a 620 mile felt pretty good but i'm like i did that and chad's like okay what can we go now you know, basically like because he just was jogging the whole time and mm-hmm. and i'm sure even i'm like like what am i doing like uh i'm just so nervous already it's a week away and I'm so nervous about being underprepared that I'm like just testing the legs, like totally like I'm a 45 year old man that, uh, you know, has no, no skin in this. There's no, there's no bet. There's no, I could, I could do a four hour Chicago and everyone I know would be like, good job, Andy. And like (laughs) my wife, everybody would be like, awesome. And, uh, (laughs) I, there's no qualifiers. There's nothing. But but in my mind, I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta put it down uh, next Sunday. So. Well, I mean, how many times are you gonna do <laughs> Chicago, right? It's. Uh, yeah, and that's I mean, how I did New York. I so my yeah. friend Greg Greg Fergit, who's a he just did a 50 miler today. Uh, I, I need to look at the results. Hey hey Greg, if you're listening. So Greg Fergit, really solid, like super consistent. One of the most um i want to say just follows his plan to a t you know he has his his schedule you know eight miles 10 miles whatever it is he follows it he does it uh doesn't like just wing it he's very he's very methodical with his training which i respect that's i i couldn't do it like he does so anyway greg uh he he's going to boston i thought because I've been, I usually have lunch with him or something when we go to Boston mm-hmm. every year. And, you know, we both did not get into Boston. Like, we both missed it. And I both, I think we both thought we were going to get in. And anyway, I was like, hey, Greg, because Greg had posted on Facebook. 
uh, yeah, I got into uh, Boston. You know, this is like his eleventh Boston, I think. And, and oh, he's wow. an older. He's a little older. Uh, I think he's just. He's like sixty, I, I think. And um, I said, yeah, didn't get in. You know, my New York didn't happen, and and Boston did. I I had a really bad Boston last year, but uh, I treat every race like like. I want to do the absolute best I can. And so I put it all on the line. And if I was conservative and I would just do the Boston at like, you know, even tempo the whole way, I could have had a better time. That would have been the way to do it. But, but yeah, I think, I think part of, and and that's just like the human spirit, right? You just want to do the best you can and you put it all out there. Cause it's like, I don't want to just complete the race. I want to, uh, do as best the best I can, and so New York, I I totally blew up. I had I I stopped at mile ten because it was like I just was so hot. It was too it was too hot. I couldn't handle the temperature. So I had like a hundred and eighty two heart rate, which is absurd for me because that's at like, mile ten. At mile ten, and so oh, I just wow. stopped. It was like one yeah. eighties. Was like my watch was probably not working exactly right, but I, I knew something wasn't right. I just didn't was not feeling it, so I just stopped for like five minutes at yeah. mile ten because it's like it's not worth it <laughs> to keep pushing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and so I told Greg, I was like, um, "Yeah, you gotta just just go all out for it. It's, I, I'm not there to just qualify or just there to finish the race. I'm there to do the best I can." So I don't know. I need to chill out. Maybe I need to work on some uh, breathing exercises or something. So then, so then, what are your goals then? Because you said you had three goals. Well, this is a Mario uh, Fraioli thing I've heard him do. Mm-hmm. You know, he has three goals, and honestly, I've done really poorly at at um, reaching any of the goals <laughs> I set in the past because one of the goals is always like have a good time. Like just relax, and like I I I botch that really fast because I get so caught up in like trying to do well, um and and uh, you know you should just have a good time, and that's that's probably like I'm leaning towards ultra more because you can you can just kind of enjoy yourself and like stop at an aid station and tell people you appreciate them being out there and like enjoy the day and it's not like this. Oh, did, are you gonna get into Boston today? Type of. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares about time at Ultra. It's just, did you finish? You know, and even if you didn't finish, that's okay too, right? Okay, so I think I want to make something that's time constrained. So uh, enjoy myself and relax is not time constrained. Because if I say, just have a good time, don't worry about the result, it could be weeks later and I'm going to be like, ah, I'm not happy with that result. And then I, I kind of flopped that goal. So I think I think the number one goal, uh, Tim DiCarlo, hey, if you're listening, is to be at the starting line healthy uh, with a smile on my face. Um, that's, that's the number one goal. Number one. So, Mm -hmm. 
that I can I can achieve that. And then if I do it, it's done. I'm like, I can't screw it up later with like, oh, I should have done that or I should have done training differently or I should have tempoed more. I should have. So smile and start. Mm-hmm. Just be happy. Just kind of take pause with like being able to do a race. And then, ah, yeah, these are, t- so, so I, I've done these in the past. I'm trying, I'm trying not to, to make it open. Like t- it needs to be time constrained. So number two would be to do no faster than a 650 for five miles, because that will set me up really well. I think, um, this is a flat course. I've seen, I actually saw a video of the start and <laughs> they go out like, um, part of it is I think these first waves. So if you do Chicago, Andrew, I think you mm-hmm. start with like the elites or right behind them. So they're like, they're putting all of these age group people in with like elites, like pretty much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I th- And it's a, a wide open, um, road, I think on the start. So I can't, I can't just go out and think I'm going to be doing six minute miles. Cause that's just dumb. I'm not going to do that. And then I don't, I don't know. What do you think? What, what would your objective be? I, I don't know what my third one would be. I mean, I think it's always a great idea to just get to the start and be, you know, grateful and, thankful that you're you know that you're healthy enough to even run a marathon right i mean that's something that you can't ever take for granted and i i have the same kind of thoughts when i line up and i think that's a big anxiety reliever just to start right and you just go and you're like well let's see what's going to happen today right it's kind of that's how i think about it is you know whatever happens is going to happen out there and you, and you want to do your best because you don't want to like you said, be thinking, you know, three weeks down the road, oh, I really just kind of jogged that race, you know, and I, you know, who knows what I could run there, right? You don't, you don't ever want to be questioning yourself, like, you know, because that's, that's not really living up to your potential, right? So that's kind of, you know, I don't know, half-assing it, I guess. So you want to go out and have a good, a good run. And I think, I think you've got a great mindset. You're saying that you're going to go out and start with 350. Uh, or sorry 650 so you're not going to go out too hard and then whatever happens after that you you know it's going to happen and then you're going to have a new chicago pr right (laughs) it's your first one so just gotta finish it it'll be my pr you just gotta finish it and it'll be your pr and then if you want to you know go back and try to do better than that you can do that right so i think i think this is it so like like New York, that was it. I, that was I have it. no, unless my brothers, hey Jeff, hey Tim, Tim's probably listening. Unless my brothers decide, hey, we want to do New York, or like there's like a really big draw, like there's mm-hmm. something where it, it would, oh, well, I, I have one. If my children ever got into running and they were like, dad, I want to do pretty much anything i would be like i'm there i'll <laughs> yeah me too yeah <laughs> but yeah but i think i mean realistically i don't think flying across the country or flying to chicago leaving your family at home 
having a hotel and everything, uh, it, it it bothers me. It gets it. it I think about it because I'm like. The best Boston was when my whole family, my parents went to Boston the first time I did Boston and my, my whole family, my wife and kids were there. And I was like, mm-hmm. a, that was, that was amazing. So that was like really special. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and as, and this is like any sport, right? There's this selfishness about the sports, right? You can be surfer, be a runner. You can, I don't know, whatever your sport is. Whatever your hobby could be, you could, there's this selfish thing. And, but it's also good. It's like you need time for yourself, but there's a balance. You can't be out like <laughs> all Saturday long running. No, um, I mean, I, I, I think about that a lot because if you, you know, you said you're getting more into ultra and, you know, if you decide to do 100 miles, that's, uh, you know, at least 24 hours usually, you know, away mm-hmm. from your family and, and uh it does feel well, selfish it's to not do even that. <laughs> the race it's the it's the the work to it right like yeah i've really been thinking you know i so i, I begin getting up early i get up like 5 30 some days to do workouts but but i don't like doing that i don't i don't know how often you get up super early but even the weekends i my long runs on friday because i shifted that from saturday because i have like soccer on saturday and then we have little league on sunday so still want to do it kind of juggling it all you know you you run into the the time with yeah i mean i mean our kids are older right so we got so we're at 14 and 12 right now and it's not as much of an issue as it used to be which i think is one of the reasons why i decided to try to qualify for boston this year right it was because of that that Mm -hmm. change in the dynamics but I'm also kind of a natural early riser, so, you know, early morning runs has never been a problem for me. It's just kind of when my when I want to go out and run anyways, you know. Yeah, I one thing I've really liked is my Tuesday. I've, I've became OCD on my Tuesday. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, you, this is my Andy Stone Tuesday, and everyone yeah. thinks it's kind of a joke, you know, but it's like, I love it. It's just so nice. I even get up super early because I'm looking forward to it. And I'm like, I'm up at like, I, I get I wake up before my alarm because I'm like so excited about <laughs> running to the top of a hill every Tuesday. And it's yeah. just, it's, it wasn't always like that. It took a while to get there, but now it's just that, uh, yeah. And then I see Brad out there. I see, I see people, but like, uh, even if the, no one shows up, it's, it's just the Tuesday morning thing. Well, did you see uh, did you see Dylan Bowman's post on Strava a couple days ago? He he called that loop the best four mile loop in the world. Is it on? Is it what? I, no, I didn't see it. Uh, Tim Wallen mentioned that to me. So, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, well, what what is it? Was it Queenstone and like Chicken Shack? Uh, no, I, it? no, it was it was Blackstone. Uh, I remember seeing it was Blackstone. It was a similar loop. I think it was Blackstone. Okay. And I, I can't remember where he came down, but uh, that really cracked me up because, you know, Dylan Bowman's raced all over the world. And uh, and Ponte, you know. I love Ponte. I'm, I'm starting to mix in Ponte a little bit, but I have like, I started my Ponte counter. So I, I, I do counters okay. on like a cer- certain loops. And uh, I think I'm at like nine or ten, and I'm like at 182 with Andy Stone. <laughs> so I'm like, 
Yeah. I have to catch up on the Ponte side. So so Ponte is a, so people listening there's a trail near near our houses. Uh it's it's longer and f- more climbing. And then the the Andy Stone Loop is like 1100, Ponte is like 1300, I think, something. Hmm. Yeah. But Ponte is if a you longer, go all the way to Queenstone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good stuff, man. So what do you predict um for the uh the winning time? For you? Uh, uh well, well maybe for the, maybe for the elite people. For me, I have no idea. <laughs> oh, the elite people? I I don't know. I mean, I don't follow the majors as much. Um we just saw Kipchoge's not going to be there, so you know, it's hard to say and like you said, you know, a lot of people are trying to use London, Berlin to break break records um but the conditions do look very good that day so you know i mean i don't know we might see a guy go what under 205 you think i i'm gonna say if a guy's showing up and he has a 203 it's realistic to think a 204 is possible yeah on that way with good weather um so do you know dan lee Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he's a Tamalpa guy. Uh, so years ago, because Dan and I used to do, hey Dan, if, he's probably not listening. There's like, <laughs> actually, there's like 50 listeners now. Um, hello East Coast. There's some some Ragnar people that uh, I did a pod. Did you listen to that one? I've not listened to that one yet. No. It's good. We did a Vermont Ragnar, and um, okay. yeah, it was it was like it was really fun because it was like outreach or like not outreach, but like talking to people. I didn't know, and it was through like someone in Tamalpa um, knows somebody on the East Coast doing a Ragnar, and um, yeah, I didn't know anything about the race, and then we had like a whole group of people, and it sounded like a really fun event. So anyway, cool. um, Dan Lee and I would we do track, and you know you're warming up on track, and like we came up with this, uh, I called it the Pliny time. And uh, I actually had it for Mark Rickman, because when Mark Rickman was alive um, and we would be jogging around the track, I w- we would set up Pliny times for each other. And, um, okay. What's a Pliny would, time? Uh, oh, Pliny time is if you get, if you break this time, which is an arbitrary time that I come up with, then I'm going to buy you a Pliny beer. Uh, you know, because then... Let's do the it. Pl- the Pliny beer was... Um, they limited them. You could only buy like two of them at a time. I don't know what it is now. And I haven't bought Pliny in a long time. But like, this is like 2017, I think 2016. Um, yeah, so so I would, he, Dan would be like, yeah, I'm doing a 10K or I'm doing a half marathon. I'd be like, eh, yeah, I'll give you like a 40. And you, you're seeing how they're running too. So you're like, mm-hmm. I'll, give, I'll give you like a 42. You know, 42 plenty time. And so it's totally the other person. And he would do it to me, too. So, like, okay. I would do, like, a half marathon. I'd be like, yeah, I'll give you, like, a 127. You know. And I think we were kind of trying to be nice because we wanted to be to buy the person a beer. But we also wanted to push them a little. And so Rickman, who's, like, a world record age grouper, you know, um, <laughs> he broke a world record for men over 60 i think in the 100k yeah and 
Okay, this is a great beer story. So then I... My wife might hear this. So when we were in Belgium, we've got these West Fletterens, which are considered one of the best beers in the world, right? There's these 12-ounce beers, and and I had like a, a six-pack of these West Fletteren beers. They're, it's pretty good beer. I mean, it's like kind of whatever. And uh, I decided if you, you had to have a child to have one of these beers because they store for like 10 years. Well, mm-hmm. so Rickman broke the 100K uh, world record. And of course, he's like all like doesn't even mention it. Doesn't even bring it up. He's just showing up at Tuesday track. <laughs> and I, yeah. I gave Rick, I gave Rickman one of our West Fletcherans. <laughs> That's which awesome. was which was a Pliny Award. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I really like that story. So, so yeah, Pliny time. Uh, so I want to give you. you I I will I will buy you a Pliny. And I want to give you a Pliny time. I, I I hope I'm not underestimating your abilities here, but I want to be I want to push you, but not be too aggressive. And I want to say 3:05. Okay. Is, is that a good I, Pliny I, time, or you want me to say a, three? That, I'll, I'll I'll sign up for Pliny 3:05. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> you'll I, sign up for 3:05. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll okay. sign okay. up for that for sure. Okay. okay. 3:05 is the Pliny time for Chicago. I like it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to jinx myself and put myself uh, on the internet forever saying a certain time. Because okay. if I ever do Chicago again, I'm going to be listening to myself and listening to what I'm saying now. So, Andy, it's okay. Whatever time you have, you did your best. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> But exactly. I definitely have a time in the back of my head. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff, man. I like Pliny time. I had not heard of that before, but that's a that's a that's a tradition we got to keep alive. I I like it too. So so what do you have? Uh, what's your next race? I haven't picked one yet. I got to qualify for Boston again. So I'm thinking. Um... <laughs> well, if you had the if you had the special shoes, you would have been buying your plane <laughs> tickets. <laughs> Would have made it. Yeah, I, I'm looking at Avenue of the Giants maybe in May. Um, and I want to do Chicago what, next year, but that's after what, Boston qualifying. What about CIM? CIM's a really good. Uh, it's sold Boston out. Ball. Oh, uh, I think you can. There's a there's a group on Facebook. I think you can look at. I don't know what it's called, but I think you can purchase or transfer registrations. Oh, you can at that race. I, I think so. Okay. Well, maybe I'll um, check it out because yeah, I'm, look I'm into still it, feeling pretty fit. So, If you're within, yeah. yeah, especially if you're within a couple of weeks, a lot of people just, and the, and they probably want to make a couple bucks, right? They're like, oh, I'm not going to do it. You know, give me 200, whatever the race is. Plus, I don't know. You could probably get a registration. Huh. Oh, let me check that out on Facebook. I didn't know. I, I just, I went to their website today and it was sold out. So I figured shoot for something in the spring but i'll look at that i'm surprised it sells out i thought cim was like kind of an open you know it used to be but not i think the past few years it's definitely gotten to be much bigger yeah it is one of the largest um boston qualifiers right who was who sent that text message who was like i think max sent it but yeah the biggest ones are what boston um 
What what was the other ones? I think Chicago. London. London was on there. London, would, Chicago, CIM. I'd really like to see... I'd really like to see what's what's that software company that does statistics or or, or some sort of data analytics on uh, <laughs> d- d- race race uh, qualifiers, you know, because you can ask all these other questions like what was the drop? Uh, so so my my um, presumption is that well, if you have a five thousand foot decline well it's a lot easier to get a qualifying time than if you have a flat race Mm -hmm. i mean it seems that way and that's that's what i'm curious about if well so there's other breaking news today around the boston story um they took less less qualifiers this year than they did last year so last year they took like twenty three thousand qualifiers and this year they took twenty two thousand qualifiers so that makes you wonder too about the financial incentives around all the other charity runners are trying to fill up the race with, right? Oh man. I am like Did you see that? <laughs> no, but I'm like a purist when it comes to racing. And I think I I, I did see I'm gonna sound terrible, but like I, I did see like how the Chicago raises twenty seven million dollars, right? Uh twenty twenty two raised twenty seven million dollars, and that's great. But why can't they keep the fundraising out of the race registration? Like, <laughs> well, I, I I don't understand. Like, so so like New York is 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 awful. They take a huge chunk of the registrations and they make it all for fundraising, and then they make um, these special runner. Um, you you get you get to run and and basically have like VIP service, so like you get special buses, you finish and you get special treatment at the end. Like you literally, if you don't if you're not a VIP at New York for for the, some of the charities, you have to walk like an extra like half mile, <laughs> and it's like wow. I but I but I also I know how I sound because I'm like, well forget the charities. I'm not saying forget the charities. I'm saying like all the runners should be treated equally. And the money raised should be in addition to the race. But nobody's going to listen to me. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, My my other big gripe on the Abbott's Marathon, I'll just go on a rant, Mm -hmm. is the race money is absolutely a joke because, and it's insulting that they would only have $460,000 for the Chicago race um, where the, the, the money that's being brought to a race with like 30, 40,000 runners is, is many, many, many millions. Even, even the charity is like a little part of it. So the New York red runners, for example, have a, a CEO and they have all of these executives that make a lot of money, mm-hmm. much much more than the first place uh, finisher at, at New York Marathon. But I don't want to sound. No, too I mean it's it's an interesting question. Picky. What is the nonprofit structure around some of these organizations, right? Especially with Boston this year, because I think people are going to want more information, right, around why why were there fewer qualifiers. 
you know, they they just increased the qualifying time and they still had to beat that by five minutes and 29 seconds. So I think everybody's going to be asking for more information around the whole situation to, there, to try to make be, sense of it all. There should be on a on a time qualifying race. There should be no charity runners. And then people. <laughs> or no, I mean, the, I, I mean, the charity should be the leftover. Right. So so say the city can only ha- have so many runners for, by permit. Right. OK. Right. Like then, you know, the, the people that apply that qualify should be able to get in and then whatever's left over from that to make up the permit could be the charity runners, I think would be a good system. So Boston has 30,000. Boston has historically been all about the top, I think, 10%. They try to get like a the, the faster marathon runners to all go to Boston. Yeah. New, New York has, in New York fashion, has been sort of corrupted and been molded and, and transformed into this monster of the largest marathon in the world with all of these charities, which are, to be fair, are questionable. Like, there are 50, 60 charities. I don't think they're really vetted. They're, we, we can all, we can all look at like a charity and like say, okay, well, who's the third party that's saying, is this charity legitimately, you know, funneling money or helping the cause versus like the marketing and everything else. Cause I remember. Well, but, but I mean, most are probably legitimate, right? <laughs> I mean, most, most are probably, most, I, most I, I, are probably. I, I'm not saying they're illegitimate. Um, I guess I'm just like frustrated that a big chunk is taken away from the, the, the faster runners. Yeah. And, yeah. And I'm like, who's, who's listening to this? I I still I still support charities. I just uh, think it's a separate separate thing with with marathon running. <laughs> well, I I think this year with Boston, it's just it's 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 a tough one to stomach. Um, since last year, everybody got in and uh, that had their qualifying time, and this year it's it was pretty aggressive, right? So. Yeah, it was the I mean, second most uh, restricted race of all Boston's. Yeah. I mean, being kind of a data guy myself, like, I, I'd be really interested to see, you know, by age category. Because it seems like the like the amount of time qualifying should be also based on age, right? It should be at that level, right? Because it seems unfair that, I mean... Even for younger guys that are running three-hour marathons, now you got to beat that by five, five hours. Minutes. I mean, I mean well, that's, that's to be a lot, to right? be fair. I think the the three twenty standard was unfair for a forty-five-year-old. I think um, I know I know there's 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 millions of statistics out there for people and their ages and how fast they run. And I think for a forty-five-year-old to run a three twenty is significantly uh easier right than running a 310 or 305 and and they're they changed it like 10 minutes and so i was like i when i saw that i was like oh this is a piece of cake i'll be in no problem which was my my mistake but like uh they should base it on an international standard of results 
not on an arbit and it's not arbitrary but it is you can just see the numbers they're whole numbers and um, it's not the dipsy committee but it's they they are choosing numbers that are not um not specific to the actual uh participants that's what I mean by 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 just picking a time of five minutes and twenty nine seconds and then applying that to each age group doesn't seem to me like the right way to do it, right? Well, they have to apply it to all age groups. That's what so I mean. Like, but oh yeah, but like yeah. certain age groups should have a different. Like if, like if you're trying to take a certain percentage of each age group, mm-hmm. then that time should be different for each age group, right? But I, I think that would be too confusing though, because you have so many age groups. And yeah. to say, oh, you get three minutes, and that and that would sound really discriminatory. It would be like, you get three minutes off because we didn't get very applic- very many applicants for sixty plus women, and you get seven minutes off because we had a lot of forty something guys. But isn't that I, I the th- most fair though? Would, or no? It would be fair, but I think people would scream like, "That's unfair!" Because <laughs> how could you how could you take seven minutes off my time? But it, but it's true. It's like, well, because there was, you know, 10,000 people that register, or tried to register. Yeah, I, I but I, I would be really interested to see, though, for each of the age groups, like, where were there the most people that applied? Like, 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 which age groups would have needed more time shaved off than others? Age groups would need more time. Yeah, I think I think is it, that's is it is it forty five year old guys or is it twenty year old guys or is it you know I don't know or is it on the I, women's side they 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 didn't break it down by I you know what I think you're right I think they can anonymize the data and they could say within you know a hundred people how many um. Uh, applicants there were and then they could extrapolate from that and then like share the data i think there's a really good western states data uh you know that 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 kind of thing i, I think mm-hmm. yeah it, it would kind of ease the the mountains of the world of, <laughs> of uh because then you could be like yeah okay i had like uh 10,000 people my age trying to get into this race because really mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of people our age because like you need the financial ability to do these races um, you need the time to train for them uh, it's really difficult if you're like 22 23 you might you might have the talent but, but like you got to pay to fly to across the country and do the race and get away from work and everything so All right, man. Yeah, I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Wrap it up. <laughs> no, we don't have to wrap it up. I, I just think we're we're going on a tangent here with Boston. So. Well, I, I'm just I, I I guess it's interesting because I you know I mean you're you're saying yeah we have the means, um which I which I agree with you you know you, you do have to have a certain be at a certain point in your life and you know have a certain um you know, lifestyle that will accommodate all the training, right, to, um, you know, to even try to train and make it happen. But but I but I still feel like I, I don't have a good understanding of the age groups and the applicants and 
um, I think it'd be better to be transparent so everybody could kind of see what, you know, what is out there. And um, I think it would make everybody more comfortable because, you know, today you've got runner, Runner's World publishing, you know, oh, there's less qualifiers this year and why? And nobody knows. And it just, it just um, by being less transparent, you just start, you know, it's, it's, it's going to probably damage the, you know, the image of the Boston Marathon. Yeah, I because, I would, right. you know what, actually, what what you bring up bring, makes me think about, and I, I, I think about the, I, I think about how races uh, are public, how a race per, uh, shows who, who are the principles behind a race. Who are the managers? Who's the director? Who's making money? Uh, what? I mean, you you could get you could get really granular. You could be like, what? What's the insurance behind this? You know? Yeah. What, what is what does Bank of America have to do with Chicago? What does TCS have to do with? What does Abbott's have to do with this? What is what is their percentage, right? So like, I know, and and what what made me like sick to my stomach was the New York Roadrunners because I did like a linked, it was like Glassdoor, I think, or maybe it was LinkedIn. I just searched like New York Roadrunners um, executive, and then I went down a rabbit hole for like 15 minutes, and I was like, stop, I gotta, I can't look at this anymore because this is just disgusting. Because it was like, I'm in a running club, great nonprofit. Everybody I know is just like looking out to make running more accessible and and enjoy running. And then I see these monster races, these giant marathons and and the word transparency. You don't even need to get into the data of the applicants. But I think the transparency at the top is like really opaque. It's like okay, I paid $243 and so did 30,000 other people. Uh, that's pretty easy math. I can mm-hmm. figure out how much money there is there. And there's like a lot more. There's my, you know, hotel and all the other things, whatever. So <laughs> who's cashing in on these races? Is it the elites? Which I would, I would, and I, and I you know what? I, I shouldn't just be on a podcast uh, making a, a soapbox stand, I should write a letter to the director or the race director. I should say, I would happily donate ten or twenty dollars when I register to the elites, because it's these people dedicate their entire lives. There are these incredible athletes, and usually they come from like really humble backgrounds with without a lot of means, and so. I would be happy to see someone who wins Chicago get like a million dollars. And I think mm-hmm. that would be easy to achieve with all the participants, right? It's like, and then New York was disgusting, disgusting, because it was like, you have the CEO of New York Roadrunners gets, I think, a half a million, $600,000 a year. Is that right? Email me, email me if I'm wrong. Somebody look it up. But it, that's what I had, I saw. And then, and then the winner of the race gets like, hundred thousand which is something but it's not if you're the best in the world you should get a lot more than that well and, and, and what would it do for the sport if you had a million dollar prize at a marathon think about all the other media attention and you know attention mm-hmm. of the country that would 
go to see who's going to win that million dollars. It just, I mean, it, it actually increases the interest in the sport if you if you start doing things like that. Yeah, I mean, you just yeah. increment it up. I, I don't think you can go from 75 to a million. <laughs> no. Because there'd all there'd be all kinds of doping stuff happening immediately. I could guarantee that. But you could do like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna hit a million, and we could start at seventy five, and then a million would be our objective in like six or seven years or something like that. But if you post it to like like you said to the entrance, right? Like, what would you you know would you contribute? Or this amount of your race fee is gonna go towards. Because, I mean, race fees are going up all the time, right? They've been going up, it feels like, exponentially since I've been running the past 10 years. It's arbitrary. If, it's totally arbitrary. Yeah. And if you, you know, and, and nobody's going to notice 235 versus 245. And if you told, you know, the race, you know, the entrance, $10 of your fees going towards the purse, you know, nobody's going to blink at that. And then, you know, then you could, you could do it that way. I mean, I again, I don't know. I mean, it, it is interesting, there, and there's not a lot of information that I've seen out there about how much do permits cost, you know, because you have a lot of law enforcement, right, and shut down the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the swag, the shirts, and the medals, and all that stuff, there's cost, and the aid station, but everybody else is volunteers working, right? There's a lot of volunteers associated. Mm-hmm. So the economics of it is, uh, you know, would kind of, I think, would be a good idea to you know, to 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 get out more into the public sphere. You're right. I mean, Tamalpa runners, there's nobody there's there's not a single paid position, right? It's all volunteer no, based. No, no. It's actually forbidden to accept any money as a as a board member. Uh yeah. I would I would I would do backflips if I saw a, a nationally recognized club doing a giant event. And and yeah, there's the, the expenses need to be paid. Like I'm okay if somebody stays at a hotel. Like, no, Tamalpa has paid for no hotel ever for me, by the way, or anything, <laughs> by the way. But like, but paying these giant salaries and and their whole thing is like the New York City Marathon. It it just it just screams corruption. And like, I don't know. I'm I don't. They're they're not. It 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 doesn't seem to be the spirit of having a running club is to having this mega event um in my in my eyes so sorry new york (laughs) (laughs) we're all about the midwest this week that's right and and i don't even know who the organizers are in chicago because i i did some digging for at least two or three minutes and I couldn't find the uh, club that holds that that has organized Chicago. I think it is like a, a TCS. T, uh, T, yeah, TCS. I thought TCS was a bank, or maybe maybe not. Let's see. Let's see here. Who who's the Chicago Marathon? I didn't say anything tonight that's gonna I'm gonna regret. You can go through and bleep bleep it out if you want. Nah, I'm not gonna that's too much work. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> uh, Chicago Marathon um management, maybe? 
I can't find it. I'll 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 figure that out when I'm over there. All right, man. Yeah. This is this is a good talk. I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off. Gonna yeah, you need to get to bed. Taper week starts now. That's right. All right. Good night, man. All right. Thanks, Andy. Good luck. They uh. In addition to the the podcast here, we're not done just yet. We got my brother here, uh, the esteemed uh, Tim Crone. Is, is Sarah there also, Tim? She's sitting next to me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. She's on the phone. All right. She's on the phone with an in-law. <laughs> so 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 here. Uh, so Tim Tim is a pretty busy guy. He's driving his family uh home from a long day at uh, disneyland and and some other things um but hey tim uh we were talking about a pliny time we got this um it's this idea of a time that you assign somebody and then if they beat that time then you have to buy them a beer but but the the the, the cool thing about this is you get to choose the time so mm-hmm. my question so my question for you is, so what's my Pliny time, or, or or would you give me a Pliny time? Okay, your Pliny time. It's gonna be, it's gonna be pretty easy, but it's just that Boston cutoff time that you just missed. <laughs> three three seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I I'll sign up for that. That sounds good. And. uh you do you do know you owe me a beer if I if I beat three seventeen right? Uh oh that that's how it works. Yeah yeah because it's based on. <laughs> no I'm kidding yeah yeah no <laughs> yeah so you could you could drop it twenty minutes if you want. <laughs> <laughs> no no keep it that. You'll learn you'll learn a you'll learn a, a free one if you have a you have a day that goes semi to plan. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I hear you. Thank you. That's um, you know, part of this whole running thing is like not taking things for granted because like I'm really, it, it would sound weird to some people that have you know don't run a lot, but like, you cannot take things for granted. You cannot think, oh, for sure I'll run, you know, that time, and that I think that goes for a lot of things. It's like for sure I'll be able to. Um, <laughs> yeah. Break, break, break. Uh, three. Oh yeah, three seventeen. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> Don't take yeah. anything for granted. And and so I was talking to Melton earlier, uh, Andrew Melton, and I was saying uh, what my three goals were. And the first one was smile and and uh, appreciate that I'm there at the starting line. Uh, the second one is a 650 mile for five miles and no faster. Uh, uh, and then I don't have a third one yet. I'm still I'm still thinking about it. So, I, and I don't want to I don't want to make a, a promise to myself that I can't. That's not time constrained because I've I've made time constraint um, or not time constrained promises to myself like. Uh, be be happy with my time, and then I'm not happy with the time, so I can't say I I achieved it. 
I see. Well, those are the first two are good. Should come up with a third one. Maybe my third one should not be about myself. Maybe my third one should be like, um, do something for somebody else. I I don't know. Ah, just trying to think about it. Uh, yeah. Keep it keep it simple. Enjoy something about uh, you know. Think about as you said, maybe being a little bit more just grateful for the moment something like that grateful for the race maybe check in with yourself on mile 20 and whatnot no matter how bad you feel you should just be grateful you're able to race yeah yeah that's that's i like that man no matter where i'm at like at mile 20 just like uh do another check-in and be like this is Pretty cool. I'm uh, yeah. Or, <laughs> look at me, or it's gonna be terrible, but it's gonna be uh, pretty, pretty fortunate to get to suffer here. Not too many people can do this. <laughs> you, you know, as runners, we have access to that. A lot of people don't have access to that kind of that uh, exhaustion. I mean, we can push ourselves in good enough shape you can push yourself into like complete exhaustion you can kind of enjoy it i guess very unique yeah it's you know it's it's ironic it's like this irony because like here we are we're these privileged people that have the ability to do all these things and to push ourselves and (laughs) it's funny Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah Should be grateful for it. I like it. So where where are you guys right now? Where are you driving? We're closing in on where is this? It's like Covina. Something like that. Yeah. Azusa Covina. We're on the two we're in the two ten near the closing in on the six oh five. No, 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 Chino. Oh, Chino? (laughs) Oh, we're not to the sixty seven yet. We're on the 210 somewhere in Southern California. 50 miles. All right, bro. I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off. Talk to you in just a sec. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate right. it. All right.